Good morning, everybody. Artie always picks on me for a way I said that, but he's not in here. He's fixing to come. I am so glad to see you guys this morning. Thank you for choosing to come worship with us this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. Um, if you're a visitor and um, you have never filled out a visitor form, if you would, if you would fill one of those out, they're in the pews in front of you, and drop it in the offering box on the way out uh, so we can have a record of that attendance. And if you are tuning in to view us online this morning, we're thankful to have you, to have you tune in with us. And um, Miss Sandra has to make an announcement, but... Uh, Artie Hubbard. All right, Mr. Artie's coming through. So, Miss Sandra, will you come up here and make your announcement? Artie, uh, she wants you to come up here for this, Artie. He's gone. Miss Sandra wants you to come up here for a minute. I'm not really sure what's going on. All right, I'm going to let Miss Sandra come up here. You got to stay there, too. Stay right here. <laughs> Get right here. I've been feeling left out from the staff. And I found out that I needed to look a little bit more like them. So I grew six inches, grew a gray beard. Sorry, Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> but I figure if I'm going to try to fit in more with them, they need to fit in more with me. Nope, done that, been there, done that, not doing it again. <laughs> Ta da! I present our staff. <laughs> I don't know, I kind of like it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, that was a little fun. On, on to our announcements this morning. Um, I want to remind everyone that we do have a business meeting directly after church today. So if you can stay for that, uh, please do. It's an important day as we are we are voting for we have voted for deacons and all those ballots are, are coming in still, and uh, so that's an important for us. Um, moving into this week, we have a few things going on. Um, Tuesday, uh, the student ministry always participates in the connection fair at Gardner Webb, um, and it is in the main building. What's the name of that building? Jen, uh, Tucker Building, the Tucker Building, and um, it's for the new students coming in, and it is a good uh, ministry outreach opportunity because we get to talk to some of the returning students, and we get to talk to new students that coming in, and we offer them an opportunity to sign up for um, a, a ride to church if they need it. Um, we give them information about our church. Uh, so if you want to participate in that, um, we have to be there and be set up by 10.30 Tuesday. Um, so just keep that in mind and uh, be prayerful for that. And if you feel like you want to participate in that, uh, you would be greatly appreciated. Um, Wednesday night, we have our regular Bible uh, studies for our youth and our children and the adults. 
Um, Thursday night, I haven't talked to Whitey, but I'm, Thursday night will work day. I always put that in there because he's been so, he's been so regular with it. So Thursday night work day, uh, finishing up a few things. Um, anybody that wants to come out and work on that is greatly appreciated as well. Friday night, it's a busy week. Friday night, the church is feeding the Crest football team. Um, so Artie said he needs volunteers to help cook, right? And to serve. And, to serve. and so what time are you going to be? Okay, so they're going to start working on cooking about 1 o'clock in the kitchen over here. We have to have the, the stuff at the high school set up and ready to cook, ready to feed at 3.30 for their football game, on, for the football team. So if you want to come out and help with that, it's also greatly appreciated. It's, a, it's also a good time to talk to some of the students, and you talk to some who you know, and some who, who you don't know, and some who come to church, and some who don't come to church. So it's a really good outreach opportunity as well. And, so, and the last announcement I have is next Sunday night, uh, we are going to have a prayer time at Crest High School as we, uh, I was reached out to to ask if we would do a, a prayer walk or a prayer time at Crest High School. Um, I've talked to the principal once or twice, and uh, regardless of he's able to make it or not, we're going to meet at 5 o'clock next Sunday. If he's able to meet us, we're going to go in and we're going to walk down the halls and pray over some of the classrooms. If he's not able to meet us, we're going to meet at the flagpole in the front of the school and circle up and just pray for the students, pray for the staff and the administration for this upcoming school year. Um, things, have, things have changed greatly over the past two years and uh, a lot of uncertainty and things and we really don't know what, what we're going into when school starts back. Uh, things change and news changes every day. Um, so we definitely want to be in prayer for the school as they start. So keep those things in mind but now, I just ask you, if you would, to turn your hearts toward God and focus on Him this morning. Listen to what He has to say to you. Y'all have a great day. Just, uh, I do have a couple of announcements before we open in prayer. First, Sandra, it has been suggested that the next time you want to look like us, you need to shave your head. I'm even sorrier, Whitey. <laughs> but uh, today is our deacon election. Many, uh, everybody should have received ballots in the mail, but like I have in the past, you forget them, you can't find them when you go to get them. Um, so at this time, if you are a member of this church and you did not turn in a ballot, please raise your hand so that uh, David can come and give you ballots. <laughs> and while he's doing that, I'll just give a, a, a couple of more. I mean, the ballots that were mailed out, they are numbered. I need to make you aware because this question has arisen. There's some up here, Whitey. Or David, Whitey needs one. And 
And Teresa needs one. Any more in the back? Any more in the back? Okay, thank you. And um, if you mark those, and once you've got them, if you have the opportunity to mark them, um, if you're in the choir, just do it afterwards. We will, before I preach, we will grab the ballots back. That'll give you guys an opportunity to, to mark those. But the ones that you receive in the mail are numbered. I want to assure you, because this question has been asked, that is in no way associated with your name. These are anonymous. They, that number is just for us to ensure that there are no duplicate ballots being cast. Everybody gets one vote. And that is to ensure that that doesn't happen. It is not associated with anybody's name, so we have no way of knowing who cast what ballot. Okay, so that, we just want to make sure. But prayerfully consider who to vote for. Seek God's will in doing this. And then before we uh, preach, or before I bring the sermon today, that we will have time to collect those ballots that are in the congregation still. And then that before we end the service today, the, the results of the election will be announced. Um, there are two things that we need to, I need to make you aware of. We have our prayer sheet that's out at, the, at our Welcome Center, but two prayer requests happened yesterday. One, Walt Connor was taken back to the hospital yesterday. Um, they have no answers of why he's back there, but he, is being, he was admitted last night. And so pray for Walt. He just got released from the hospital um, after being in ICU with COVID. He is now back at the hospital. Also, uh, Caden Agee, Jamie Sparin's grandson, um, was bitten by a copperhead yesterday on the foot. He uh, got home last night about 2 o'clock in the morning. They kept him at the hospital um, six hours to observe him. And then also Nancy's son was bitten by a copperhead. Nathan was bitten by a copperhead this past week as well. And he was bitten on the arm at the wrist on his arm. Caden was bitten on his big toe. Um, so be in prayer for them. Be in prayer for Walt. And continue to pray for everyone else that is dealing with COVID and, and, and everything else. Continue to pray for our church as we make decisions on um, following God's will and pushing forward as we move into our new church year. So at this time, please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we come before your throne. It is great to be able to laugh and have a good time because, dear Lord, you're the author of laughter. But, dear Lord, it is time now that we turn our hearts to you, that we focus on you because we are here to worship our risen Savior. And, dear Lord, as we begin this time that everything that we do and say be in honor of you. Dear Lord, may your Holy Spirit move among your people so that we can hear your words. We can feel your presence. And dear Lord, above all, 
we pray that someone that does not know you as their personal Savior, someone that does not have that relationship with you, would come to know you today because of what happens here. So Lord, we ask you to be with Walt and Pam. Dear Lord, you know what's going on, even though we don't. Be with Nathan and Caden as they're dealing with these snake bites. Dear Lord, I ask you that you just ease their pain and that your name be glorified. Dear Lord, be, continue to be with my brother as he is still in ICU dealing with COVID. We thank you for the miracles that we're seeing with others that have been in the hospital and been on oxygen and been on the ventilator, and now they are walking and praising your name. We thank you for that. And we ask you to do it again. I ask you to be with Rachel Lamb this morning down in South Florida as she is still dealing with the complications of COVID in ICU. She's still sedated. Dear Lord, just strengthen her body. Take away the infections and allow her to get back home to her, her husband and child. Lord, be with us this morning. We have so many things that are on our mind, but just for this short time, just take those away so that we may fully focus on you. And we give you all the honor and praise for everything. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of praise, page 544, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It. We'll sing the first and the fourth verses, 544. kids to come down forward please
Peyton brought me toothpaste today. I'm, I just get a thumbs up. Don't ask questions. We just don't ask questions sometimes. It's like, okay, take the toothpaste to church. It's fine. Uh, how is everybody today? Good. I am so glad to see you guys today. And we're going to play a little game. We are going to play another game when we get out there. But in here, we're going to play Simon Says. So Simon says, everybody stand up. Simon says, stand on one foot. Put your foot down. Oh, got somebody, I think. Simon says, put your foot down. All right, hold, hold your hand above your head. Oh, I got them too. All right, pick your nose. I'm just kidding, sit down. Okay, good, guys. You, Simon says, sit down. All right. So Simon Says is a fun little game that we play, and there are other games we play like Follow the Leader. And all of these games are about following instructions and being sure that we're on the right track, right? Because if you're saying, if you're playing Simon Says, and you do something and you don't, and it, I didn't say Simon Says, you're out, right? It's because you've got to follow instructions and you've got to listen. And what about when it's your turn to lead? You've got to speak so everyone can hear you. You've got to be sure you're paying attention to everybody. All right, what about follow the leader? Follow the leader's a fun game, right? That's another game about following instructions. You're following the person in front of you. And if you're leading in front of you, and you lead everybody down a bad path, and they fall in a, and everybody falls down and gets hurt, shh. If you lead the, guy, the people behind you down a, down a bad path and somebody trips and falls and gets hurt, who led them down that path? You did, right? So you have to be careful when you're, follow, when you're following the leader and when you're the leader. Well, it's the same way in the world we live in. Sometimes we can get caught up in a game of follow the leader. And guess what? We're playing follow the leader with the wrong person. And that person could lead us down a path that would take us to a place God doesn't want us to be. Or maybe we get up and we are uh, excited about who we are and we feel kind of puffed up. Let me hold this. And we start, you gotta quit rolling it. And we start being the leader. And what if we're leading people in a, in a place they shouldn't go? Is that good? No, that's not good. So what I want to encourage you guys to do, and what we're going to talk about when we get to church today, to, to children's church, is about following the leader. And uh, who do you guys think we should look to for leadership? Who's the God, right? And then there are other people you can look to, you know, people who follow God. Like if you were going to follow leadership of somebody in, your, in this church, who would you look to? Maybe like a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or a music director, someone like that, right? But we have to be careful. Would you want to follow the leader from somebody that's going to take you somewhere dangerous? No, you wouldn't. And God tells us that we are to put him in front of us and we are to, we are to let him lead us everywhere we go. And in Psalms 139, verse 10, it says, Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God's going to be with you, and He's going to be with you all along your path that you go on. Now, you might have some bumpy paths, some paths with some briars in it, 
some things that slow us down. But guess what God's telling us? He's going to be where, there with us the whole time. Isn't that awesome? And we're going to talk about that a little more as we go to the children's church. So after I pray, we're going to start follow the leader. And so Kira is my leader, all right? So when we pray, Kira, I want you to stand up and lead everyone to the door over there. But we have to play follow the leader. You ready? All right, let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the love that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to stay on the right path and to let you lead us, God. Also, help us to look for people who are in our lives who can help lead us closer to you. And help us not be someone who leads people down a wrong path. Lord, we love you so much and we just thank you for all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, Carrie, you're my leader. We have some real characters in the Bible. And we share a lot of these characteristics. We had liars, thieves. We had cheaters. We had adulterers. We had prostitutes, drunkards, even murderers. But what we all had in common with them is we're all sinners. But then there's two wonderful things that follow that. We're all saved by grace, and God can use us no matter who we are, what we've done, no matter what past people love to throw up at you, that's forgotten in God's eyes. He has saved you by his grace, and he can still use you.
as the choir is going down, if you have a ballot that you need to turn in, if you would please raise that up and decon. And before they walk out, I want to thank David and Whitey and Doug for serving these past three years. They will be the ones rotating off at the end of this month. And I uh, want to say how much I appreciate their leadership and their work that they have done and, and how much they have meant to me and helped me over the last three years. It's not an easy job, especially when you have to work with somebody like me. But they did it very well. Personnel committee, we need to talk about a new choir director. <laughs> Just kidding, I love Sandra to death. and She is like my older sister that I never had. <laughs> well, if you guys have been watching the news or watch, looking at social media or anything over the past two years, you have seen a lot of changes. You've th seen things go on and happen that we never could have predicted. We have something now that's called wokeness. Have you seen about wokeness? Somebody says, oh, they're woke Christians. Or they're, 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 they're woke. From what I have read and what I can tell, basically what that is is they have become enlightened. Enlightenment. Church, I have to tell you something. That is no different than what Paul had to deal with in his time. Enlightened Christians. It is difficult. It is difficult to stand on the Word of God in a society that sees you as being uneducated as being dumb. That's what's going on in our society today. We have no way of knowing what's going to happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID again. We don't know if next week there's going to come out more restrictions we have no way of knowing. And I have been very bothered, as I've said many times, of what I'm seeing online and on the news, what I'm seeing from those that claim to know Christ as their Savior. And I am very disturbed by what I am hearing from pulpits being preached as God's Word. So with that in mind, I started working on a particular sermon and even told Sandra, this is going to be the title of the sermon. Well, at 11 o'clock last night, I finally finished my sermon. 
And it was very different than I anticipated it being when I started. So the title of the sermon is Actions Needed in the Church Today. And we're going to look at an Old Testament passage, just two verses, that's going to lay out what actions we need in our church this very day. Things that you can do and that I can do that the church needs to do right now. So if you turn to your, in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. They're going to be on the, on the screen as well as on the back of the, in the bulletin. So if you would stand as I read this, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And this is what King Solomon writes. He says in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. King James Version says it better. He will direct your paths. So let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you asking you to guide and direct us. Give us the strength and the faith and the courage to stand strong for you. Speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious word or name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. So there are three particular actions that are needed in churches today. The first is that we trust in the Lord with all our hearts. See, this advice that Solomon is writing down, he is writing to his son, telling him how to be happy, how to be secure, how to be wise. And he tells him, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, church, we're told the same thing. You see, that word trust is translated from a word that means to lie helpless face down. Don't ask me to pronounce it. I cannot speak Hebrew. But that's what it means, to lie helpless. That is our response to God. We are supposed to lie helpless face down in a vulnerable position, trusting him to do what he will do. Now let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Anywhere in the Bible, is there a promise from God that he's going, to, he's going to hurt you? That he's going to harm you? That he's going to destroy you? No. In fact, God continually tells us, I, he tells us in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. David tells us, before I was knit together in my mother's womb, you knew me. See, from the very... And we, we're told in the New Testament that even before creation took place, God had a plan to sing Jesus His Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Even before the foundations of the world, that was already set in motion. God has had a plan. And we have to trust in His plan. 
We have to trust him with all our heart. And that word, trust in all his heart, it is trusting completely. Now let me ask you a question. I'm a big guy. I can say I trust this chair to hold me. And trust me, there's been some chairs that haven't held me. My kids have seen it and laughed at me. My wife even laughed when I ended up in the floor because the chair did not do what I trusted it to do. But I can say I trust this chair. But if I just say I trust this chair, is that total trust? Is that 100% trust? Is that trusting that chair with all my heart? If I say I trust that chair and I'm standing over here, what do I got to do to prove that I trust that chair? I've got to do something about it. I've got to put myself 100% in this chair. Does that prove that I trust this chair? To, to We can say anything we want to say. But until we put actions to what we're saying, it doesn't accomplish anything and it's not 100%. If we say we trust God with all our heart, we better be able to put our money where our mouth is and we better prove it by what we do. We're in a world today that is tired of hearing us say how much we love God and how we trust Him. They're wanting to see us prove it to them. First action that a church, our churches need to take today is stop using words and start using actions and prove that we trust God with all our heart. The second action that are needed in churches today is do not lean on your own understanding. See, there's things that are going on that we don't understand. There's things that are going on that we can't explain. But here's the biggest issue. That if we don't like what the Bible says, we try to come up with something else that makes us feel more comfortable. And try to, to explain things away. You know, we say, well... It's not important what you believe as long as you believe it 100% and you commit to that. That's great that you have something that you believe in. If I believe a lie, no matter how much I believe it, it's still a lie, isn't it? No matter what I do, it's not going to become make it truth. We cannot trust our own understanding of things. God's way is not our way. His way is far beyond us. And we will never comprehend His way. But when we lean on our own understanding, we're able to explain away things. You know, Paul dealt with, he went up to the elite, the, 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 the epithet of intelligence there in Greece. 
And they had the statues to all their gods and the shrines to all their gods. And on one of them it says, and to, to the unknown God. Just in case they had forgot one that they didn't know about. They didn't want to leave any stones unturned. And so they were praying to somebody they didn't even know. Just in case they had missed him. And Paul looks at them. I know your unknown God and I'm going to tell you about him. But because they were so smart and so enlightened, they, they understood and they, they explained away. You ever heard the term that sometimes you can be so smart you're stupid? You ever heard that? It's the truth. There are some things that we cannot explain. There are some things that we cannot understand. But we have to accept it with the faith of a child. Now that's not saying, please do not misunderstand what I'm trying to say. Faith and reason do not have to conflict each other. Faith and reason can go hand in hand. But there does come a point where we have to accept what we don't know. And trust 100% in the promise that God is going to take care of it. But when we try to explain things away, and see that's the problem in pulpits today, is that we've changed the message so much to make it appealing to so many different people that we've watered it down and we've we've stopped preaching sinners saved by grace. We've stopped preaching that sin will send you to a very real hell. And hell is not just figurative, but it's a real place where the worm doesn't die, where the fire doesn't stop, and the agony is eternal. We don't preach that anymore because people have become enlightened and we want to show that we understand things and we need to just accept it at face value. And we need to preach the Word of God without trying to explain things and make people feel comfortable with it. Because... When we start worrying about if somebody's more comfortable with something than they are with receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior, there is a problem in churches. The third action that we need to take care of and do in churches today is in all our ways acknowledge Him. See, trusting God with all our heart means to honor and acknowledge Him in everything that we do. It is a choice to invite God into our everyday life. And it affects our conduct. It affects our speech. And it reflects the presence of God in the regular and sometimes mundane things that happens every day. Sometimes we feel there there are people that think that they have to have this spiritual high all the time. I love my wife. I love her dearly. But our love is no longer that touchy-feely, warm fuzzies kind of puppy love. That's where it started, but it has grown so much more. And our love is displayed in the mundane things. Doing things every day. 
<laughs> we may have these grand plans. Oh, we're going to have a date night. We're going to go do this and this and this and this and we're at an age and we're so tired and run down. And the time we go and sit down to eat, time we finish our meal, all we want to do is go back home. Our date, we're planning to be out to 11 o'clock or later. Our date's usually over by 7.30. We don't have to have all that all the time. When we acknowledge God, we acknowledge the fact that He wakes us up in the morning. That He gives us the breath that we breathe. He gives us the ability to provide a living for our family. He gives us the ability to love people. He does everything. It's because of Him and we have to acknowledge God in everything that we do. But the danger is this. Is that sometimes when we get busy doing our work, doing the purpose of the church, that we forget why we're doing it. And we start giving credit where credit is not deserved. And we don't give the acknowledgement and we don't give the honor to God in everything that we do. You know, there, there's been times that I've gone to a, gone to a church and I've not heard the name Jesus mentioned at all. That's sad. Because that's the very purpose of having church. We have to acknowledge God. And then, you know what the great thing about it is if we do those three actions, God has a promised response. He will make our paths straight. Or He will direct our paths. See, this is the great principle of God's response towards those who trust Him in the ways that we have indicated with our whole heart, not leaning on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledging Him. The last part of verse 6 tells us His promise, response, that He will make our paths or direct our paths in the fulfillment of His will into what is right before Him and pleasing to us. He will take care of us. He will show us where we need to go. He will show us what we need to do. Listen, church. Trusting God with all your heart, it means trusting God with what's in your wallet. It means trusting God with what you're going to do. You can't say that you trust God and then you put everything before God. And when it times, comes time to give to God what's God's, there's nothing left for Him. Trusting God means God gets what God is asking for from the very top and then everything else follows. But we get the cart before the horse sometimes and we take care of everything else before we take care of what belongs to God. And the time it comes time for God, 
We're worn out. We're spent out. We're everything. We have nothing left. And so we just come and sit in a pew and take up space without doing anything for God. Now that sounds harsh, but that's the truth. When we trust God with all our hearts, when we don't lean on our own understanding, and when we in all our ways acknowledge Him, that means that God gets everything first. He gets our first energies. He gets our first money. He gets our first love. He gets our first everything. And you know the incredible thing about it? Is that when we do that, God directs our paths and for somehow, some miraculous way, God always has enough to meet all the rest of our needs when we put Him first. Our world needs to see churches standing on the Word of God, not afraid to speak truth in love. See, when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment, that was a trick question. They were trying to trip Him up. And He says, you love your Lord. He said, the first commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Basically, with everything that you've got. Love God first. Then He says, and the second is like. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love everybody that you come in contact with. And then He says something incredible. He says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If you go to the Ten Commandments and you look at the Ten Commandments, the first part of those commandments deal with our relationship with God. How we're supposed to love and honor and respect God. The rest of them, how we're supposed to deal with each other. How we are to love each other. Jesus wasn't rewriting the Ten Commandments. Jesus was just showing us what those meant. Church, we need to stand. And we need to take action. And we need to trust God. We need to stop trying to understand things on our own without God. And we need to acknowledge Him in everything that we do. And He will take care of us. He will direct us. He will guide us. He will give us the answers to everything that we ask. You see, and this is going to be another sermon, as I was preparing for this sermon, I started looking, and I actually take the title of the sermon that I sent to, to Sandra was, We Need Another Great Awakening. And you see, the first great awakening started when Jonathan Edwards preached a sermon on July 8, 19, or excuse me, 1741, before America was America. The first great awakening took place because he preached a sermon that was entitled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it started a revival in the colonies. There has been 
Two or three, depending on who you talk to. Great awakenings in the history of America. Where people were called back to God. And it all, they, every one of them started because a church and a pastor took a stand to follow God without, without concern for the cost. And they preached the Word of God. Listen. People aren't going to get saved. Lives are not going to be changed because of what we think or why, how we understand things. People's lives are going to be changed and people are going to get saved and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ. And because of the Word of God. And God in His infinite wisdom has chosen to use us, sinners saved by grace, to take the message to others. But we live in a time that they just don't want to hear the words. They want to see it in action. So church, it's time for us to stand up. It's time for us to put our money where our mouth is and say, do we trust God? Do we acknowledge Him in everything that we do? Are we willing to do what it takes for Him to be able to guide and direct us? That's what our world is waiting to see. And this is the time that it is now your decision it is time for you to respond to God. If God is leading you to do something, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm not talking about growing up in church, being at church every time the doors are open. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting face-to-face -face with Jesus, realizing that you're a sinner and you need Him to change you. You need Him to forgive you. If you've never done that, this is your opportunity to do it right now. If you are here and you want to become part of, the, of this fellowship, this family of believers, this is your opportunity to come forward and do that. If there is something going on that you need to get right with somebody else, this is your opportunity to do that. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do right now, don't leave this place without doing it. As we sing this song, this is your opportunity. Page 450. I need thee every hour. Page 450.
These are in alphabetical order. They're certainly not numerical, but alphabetical order. Uh, the new deacons that have been elected are Bruce Bridges, Larry Hammett, and Robbie Mullinax. Let's pray ending this service, and we'll use this as an opportunity then to begin our regular monthly uh, business meeting. Dear God, as we come to you this morning, we come thanking you for the four who allowed their names to be presented. And Father, we thank you for their commitment to you. And Lord, we thank you that uh, we live in a nation, in a world where we can voice our decisions. And so Lord, I pray now that you would be with these who have been elected, be with all of our deacons, and Lord, I pray that you would be with us as a church and help us as we come Sunday after Sunday and we hear message after message that, Lord, we'll take to heart what we hear. And Lord, as we begin another worship service, and that's what a business meeting is, because it's an opportunity for the church to worship you in the way that we conduct the affairs of the church. And so, Lord, we pray that you would lead us into the worship service of business. And Lord, I thank you for every person who has come today. I thank you for those who are listening online. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the church that you would have us to be. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time I will call our uh, 